Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Thanks for your company. Hello, good morning. It is just after 10 o'clock. We're 15 degrees at the moment, heading for top of 18 degrees. We won't get a lot of rain. Tomorrow warming up to 20. Beautiful sunny day for the best part, but I looked out beyond Optus Stadium, the Camfield, to the southern suburbs, and it looks a bit grey and a bit gloomy, but I don't think there's a lot of rain in that. Hey, big show coming up. Uh, get to more of that in a moment. We've got something special for you. Don't go anywhere. If you want to be a part of an $80 million opportunity, I know, then make sure you're listening in the next five minutes. I'll explain shortly Here as we welcome... Here comes the money. Yeah. Here comes the money. Money, that is a, a button bar off the SEN track team. I think he stole that. Is that <laughs> man, Alex? It's a good one. <laughs> it's a very good He's one. He's on it today. Special K, good morning. Morning. What have we got coming up? Plenty. Yep. TJ Wickham. Yeah. Our man from lockdown. the Kookaburras. Lockdown. Yes, in lockdown. Silver medalist. Still can't work out whether he was going or not going. I'm sure he said he wasn't going or was going, and then he wasn't going, and then he did go, but he always said he was going to go. And when <laughs> yeah. he went, he did well, and then he's, now he's come back again. Yeah. He uh, backed himself in the entire time. He did. Until he didn't, but then he did again. But he got again, but he, but he was always going as a reserve, but then he was in, and then he was out, and then when they took two more... His outs were in. Yeah. And then he was always in. He was never really out. You bang on. So how does that work? I don't know, but it did. Yeah. I'm going to ask him to clarify. All right. Because just repeating, mm. when he was in here. In the studio, sitting across from you, looking he, he you said in he the was eye. In. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. And I'm then, a sure thing. And then after that, he was out. Yeah, and then we, we were shocked that he wasn't in. Stunning. But then he told us that albeit he wasn't in, he was actually in, but he was on the outer. Yeah. But then when he got there, he was back in. Exactly. And he never went out after that. No. And now he's back. That's right. And he's not, he's in the hotel, but he's not out. He's in hotel quarantine. You can't get out because you're in quarantine. But so he's in, just like he was in before, when he was in the whole time, out for a little bit, yeah. maybe just the outers, but then yeah. he came in. Did you think he was ever out? Never thought he was out. Yeah, but I did. Oh. And then he said he was in. Okay. TJ Wickham, that will come up. I look forward to chatting with him <laughs> to get some clarification. I don't think we need any clarification. We've just covered it oh, off. Nailed it just there. <laughs> <laughs> so the great man, he'll have a chat to us about uh, scoring in the final. Unfortunately, they went down. As we know, the Cookers with the big silver medal. Lee Mayrick. Yes, good man. He is a good man. West Aussie boy. Yeah, he is. Flying his trade in Sydney yeah. at the Giants. Yes, has been for a long time. He has. He's written a book. Footy banners, a complete run-through. Yep. Nice little play on words there. Yeah, nice. Little coffee table book. Yeah. That, um, little being the operative word. Yeah, not one of those massive ones nah, that's the size gets, of a coffee yeah, table. it just gets in the way. You've got to yeah. move it and put it on the floor and 
You yeah. can't put your coffee down on it. No, this is this is perfect. And it also fits like if you've got one of those like fancy coffee tables that maybe has a drawer in it. Yeah, it'll slot right in there as well. Yes, so it's not too big, so it's perfect. It's a beautiful book. It's my first mm. freebie that I've had delivered to the station. The other one was a McDonald's footy. Oh yeah, it's been stolen. That <laughs> didn't last long, like in less why than a week. Is, what, what, what would? Why would? I'm, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. Not stolen, just taken. Taken. But it was in the studio on Friday, right here, Pride of Place. I know. Yeah, a bit of product placement. Yeah. And what's happened? Don't know. I have no idea where it's gone. I went and did a little whip round, looked through everyone's drawers out there. So let's go to security (laughs) and let's just see who it is. I mean, it's not going to be hard to track down who it is. No. See that big thing? Say hello to that camera behind you. Yeah. Look at that. G'day. It's going to show up. Yeah. It's a sackable offence. It's it's outrageous. (laughs) Really. Who hasn't got a footy? I know. (laughs) Oh, well, McDonald's footy. That's true. It was a fancy. Scarce as. was a fancy Scarce as. Uh, hen's teeth. Nice. Thank you. All over it. Thank you Good very boy. much. For a young fella, did you wash your hair last night? I did. Yeah, it's very clean. <laughs> it's very floppy I'm and due fluffy, to, isn't it? I'm due to do mine this month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stacey Marinkovic. Yes. Diamonds coach, West Coast Fever Where's coach. She run now? She'll be uh, in the second hour, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, there, there she is. Coming um, up. She might be just before 11 o'clock. They're in Queensland. They still. are. Still there. Still plugging away. Yes, fine. Playing pretty well. Yeah. But well, they've won more games than any other team this year. That's true. Yep, very good. And they've been on the road a lot too. So like every other team, but you know, when you're away from Perth, you're away from the other side of the country. Must win game this weekend. Yes, it is. What else we got? Tommy Randall. Oh. Our boy. Our man. Is it this weekend he's driving? I think so. Or is it, oh no, because all the fixtures have all changed around no. because of COVID. Because so. it's meant to be in Perth. Yeah, and then they've moved that got it, ditched. and now they've taken it to Phillip Island. Judging by the what I'm reading, find out from when it's on. It's, yeah. I thought I thought it was this weekend, but I might be right. He'll 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 satisfy our needs. I'm right. sure he'll be all over it. Yep, Riley Morgan, life of Riley. Oh, he's back. Been missing in action. MIA. Yep. So, well, the Northern races are off today. If anyone's interested, but let me just say, mm. pays to listen. It does. Ash Maley, who trained a treble at Belmont on Saturday, da- trained a double yesterday. He said, "My best is Jag the Joker." And keep an eye on Blue Horse at big odds. Blue Horse, $14. And Jag the Joker, favourite wins. It pays to listen. You've got to be listening. Listen to Riley a little bit later on. Yes, he's got the Saturday best as well. It pays to listen. It does. It does pay to listen with Ash, with Riley, with, as you mentioned, what did you say, an $80 million listen today? What What was your quote? The top of the show, I wasn't really listening. <laughs> we it, played the music. Chance, that, that's what put me off. It's your chance. Here comes the money. It's your chance. Show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Dollar, dollar. Okay. So what we are doing today. Yes. 0487 736 736. Text us who you are. Don't just text a name. We need to know who you are and where you are listening now. And the first 30 people get a free entry into Goss Lotto tonight. Wow, wait. Oh, I know. 80 million. The first 30 people. Now, Nay down in Bunbury does Lucky Lotto. Yeah. Okay, thanks to Eaton Fair, Dave and Julie. And they, they have continued on. This is a different syndicate. Different. This is this is what we started 
on SEN Spirit, but we're bringing to the people of Australia. Yeah. Okay. Going nationwide, baby. 0487 736 736. It costs you. How, how much does it cost you to play? Zero bucks. It costs you nothing to play. All it costs you is a text. 0487 736 736. And all you have to do is tell us who you are and where you're listening to Sporting Goss. And you are it. Shane from Harvey. Good morning. Steve McMeekin from Bunbury. Show me the money. Scotty McFarlane from Torquay in Victoria. Dan, who's not feeling very well. She's in June. She's crook. She was telling me that she had uh, swimming lessons at school. And she was the one. All the kids are fine, but she was the teacher and she didn't come a cropper. Anyway, so Scotty, you're in from Torquay in Victoria. There you go. Thank you, Scotty. Dan from Joondalup, Shane from Harvey, Show Me the Money, Steve McMeekin in Bunbury, Moa Man from Netherlands. No, Moa Man. Fletchy, Fletchy's in from South Bunbury. Look at all these people. 0487 736 736. We're going to buy a, a, a power pick, mm. which means we're guaranteed the power ball. Right. Okay. And um, the first 30 people, by just telling us where you are and where you're listening, who you are and where you're listening, you're in the syndicate. It costs Very you good. nothing to play. I buy Look the at ticket. all that interaction already. Love that. All it takes is 80 million bucks to get them involved. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. What, you don't think they're listening for any other reason? I know they're always listening. They're always listening. There's a lot more people listening than you, you know. Oh, I know there's a lot of people. Hey. Nationwide. Mark of Bustleton. Hello, Mark. Richard from Eton. Mitch Clark from Buck. We've got a big audience down there, SEN Spirit. As you'd expect. They're right amongst it. Hello to everyone love down there. Love their sport. They love their sport and they love this show. How can you not? Oh, no. Did you hear that rundown from earlier? What have we got? Where are we? Stacey Marinkovich? Tommy Randall? TJ Wickham? Lee Mayrick talking about Lee the book. Lee Mayrick. That's going to be good. I'm not giving away the book. I gave away my last book. Yeah. That was your other freebie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he brought it in. It wasn't delivered. Oh, okay. Doesn't count. Um, just quickly before I go as well. Vince from Bunbury. Nick from Bunbury. Nick Daniel. Fair income. Hello, Bunbury, Bustleton, Spirit. What about all the people listening on the app? Yeah, get around them. Get around us. Come on. We might hear from Craig Foster a little bit later on. He spoke to Jared Whiteley this morning. But how cool would it be if we had the World Cup here? Oh. Goss. 2030 or 2034 is what they're looking what, forward what to. 2030 or 2034. What, what year are we in now? We're in 2021. So it's a little while away. Mate, I will be... I mean, he's 13. <laughs> it's, uh, if it's 34, then yeah. Let's go for 2030, shall we? <laughs> Be seventy. <laughs> <laughs> You'll still be up there, ah, an ultra with the flares going for it. I'll be like, Chris, Chris, are we still over here, Chris? Chris, come in here and help the old fella, Ferret from City Beach. Hello, Ferret. Brad from Geraldton, listening. Good on you, Brad. Uh, what about Helen from Glen Iris? Show us the money. What about Floyd Sullivan? Is driving on the Brand Highway near Eni Abba and listening to our show. There you go, Floyd. Lloyd E. And texting at the same time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Lloyd E. And Robert from Eaton. G'day, Bobby. Keep them coming, everyone. This is good. Is that not 30 yet? No. You've whipped through plenty. Don't worry, we'll be whipping through them again. Let everyone know. You've got to get in, though. Keep them rolling in. Keep them rolling. We might just choose randomly as well. (laughs) You never know your luck. We might not limit them. Exactly. uh, You know what? We do it with open arms, Chris. You're right. Anyone who texts in. You've got an entry. <laughs> Changing the rules up on Goss on the fly. <laughs> no, nah, we're going we're gonna to limit it okay. because, you know, because if we win 80 mil, 
and there's more than 30. That's In fact, true. Got, cause there's only 29 spots. Yeah, right. Because I'm Because you're getting one. Yeah. yeah. Am I getting one? No. No, okay. No, I've never allowed you to go in it. <laughs> um, so so what happened was, Nay wasn't, now, Nay, down yeah. at SEN, across Spirit, down there, 621, does breakfast Tuesday through Thursday and then after 2 o'clock. Morning, Nay. Hello, Nay. Uh, Beck Olsen from Dun Craig, listening on the app. Sausage, I don't like to brag, but I will. Have a look at who was the SEN Round 22 best tipster. I don't care. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not looking at that. <laughs> um, so Nay wasn't allowed in the syndicate. Yeah, okay, right. Stocko, <laughs> Stocko, when I was at a, a previous radio station, Stocko, who was my panel op, who I did see down at Narrowton on the weekend, who lives down in Narrow. Stocko. Yeah, Stocko. He wasn't allowed in the syndicate. Sure. So guess what? So I'm, I'm not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Damien Hogland, good on you, Damo. Um, that is in South Guildford and listening to us. Lovely. Good. Beautiful. Keep Part it. of the world, South Guildford. Yeah, fantastic. So that's it. $80 million Goss Lotto draw. 0487 736 736. Keep them coming. Can you use some of that coin to put towards the World Cup? Hey, just so. like Qatar did. Yes. Well, we'll go to the – Paul's in Esperance. G'day, Paulie, and thank you, and you're in the syndicate. Let's have a listen to Craig Foster. He, this morning – Speaking to Jared Whateley about the World Cup bid, as mentioned, it could be 2030 or 2034. Great for the world game. It's a quarter past 10. Here's Craig Foster, courtesy of Whateley. I think eventually we have to go for it. You know, we're a, a perfect example uh, in in Asia, but in the Pacific region to be able to host one, we have a right to host one. It is, you know, the genuine global game. And therefore, eventually, we should be hosting one. Um, I think major sporting tournaments, you know, Australia has proven not just our ability, but, you know, given what's occurred with COVID and, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, federally we're able to get this under control in the next 12 months, that, you know, we are an area of the world with less risk. And that was a big factor in Australia getting the 2023 Women's World Cup. So, of course, I'm supportive, but we need to have a long discussion then around what is the real legacies from all of these major tournaments. And that includes 2032 uh, Olympic Games in Brisbane, you know, and uh, the social dividend from all these tournaments, I think, um, needs to be reassessed by people. And we've seen that through COVID. There's just too many people missing out. There's too many people falling through the cracks. And these major sporting tournaments have a huge opportunity to, for instance, build social housing for people and actually leave a really genuine, not just sporting, but social legacy. Should we trust FIFA to go through the process? Um, well, you can't trust FIFA. Yep. Um, no. Um, so it's always difficult. Um, nevertheless, you, you have to somehow try to navigate in an ethical manner. And, you know, there were some lessons obviously learned there, and, and we were all very stung by many aspects of what occurred in the former bid back in 2010. But... Um, you know, more scrutiny. So, you know, what are the lessons for the football community? More scrutiny on the way through. Uh, make sure that everyone has, you know, total visibility of, of how it's being conducted. In terms of putting the bid forward, uh, you know, it was disappointing that the real story of Australian football and Australian migration through the game and so on wasn't told. So it's wonderful opportunities. I hope all these come out uh, in 2023. I hope that uh, Football Federation Australia are, are able to make the, the connection between 
uh, you know, the Australian his social history, the history of the game and migration uh, and the broader social responsibility of the game. And of- Welcome back to Sporting Goss and a belated welcome back to WA to our Australian men's hockey team who picked up silver at the games. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the, the big job done. They were beaten in a... Penalty shoot off, and one man who can hold his head up high is a good friend of ours at the Sporting Goss, and I'm talking of TJ Wickham. Tommy, well done, mate. Congratulations. Have you had time to digest uh, the result? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again, Goss. Um, I'm not sure if I've fully digested it. Um, obviously, I had a few days to sit down and think about it and um, slow down a little bit, but probably a process that I'll continue to go through and I'll probably have a million different thoughts as as it gets further and further away. But um, I think right now, in the immediate future, it's hard to it's mixed emotions. It's hard to know whether I'm happy or I'm or I'm sad about it. Um, you know, you, we we set out for one goal, and that was to win a gold medal. Um, but at the same time, you've got to put yourself in that position to win it and. I mean, we absolutely did, and it was the best two teams in the world showcasing um, exactly what the world's best hockey looks like. So I think for me personally, you know, and for the team, obviously very, very, very gutted. But on reflection, I mean, you know, it's it's done nothing but uh, lift the game of hockey and, and put more, more bums in seats to watch it. So, I mean, from that perspective, I think it's only been a good thing. No doubt. Hey, you had a good tournament, personally. Found the back of the net a few times. Yeah, it's my job, mate. I love a goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you did it well. You did it You did it really well. I mean, look, you know, penalty corners uh, are often the way that in hockey most of the goals seem to be scored, but field goals, you've got to be in the right place at the right time under massive duress. Um, yeah, did you come away from the tournament saying, yeah, you, you were in form, you felt good? Oh, yeah, I think back to our first chat and you asked me how, how do I feel about, you know, selection and stuff. And, you know, I still stand by and I still feel the exact same way. I, I knew the form that I've been in for the, probably the last couple of years and, you know, I've really discovered uh, who I am and what I need to be in this team. And, um, you know, I've, I've believed in that and, and I've stuck by that. And so coming to this tournament, for me, I felt really calm and relaxed and, um, knew exactly how and what I needed to do to perform for the team. So uh, for me personally, I I never felt tense around, you know, having to do my job or score goals. I mean, I think my ability to read the game and get into good positions, that's that's where the goals come from. So for me, it was just a matter of stick to the process, enjoy it um, and go out and do my thing. And, you know, that that then allows you to free up and go to work. So... Yeah, it was a good tournament from a goals perspective and, you know, being able to create some opportunities for my mates to score goals as well. Um, but, you know, that's that's just all part of the game, right? Mm. Where's the silver medal? It's sitting in its box on the bench over there. Mm. <laughs> I don't really want to take it out. Why? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird one for me. I'm, I'm kind of sitting back and forth with it. I think, you know, maybe it's the way I'm wired and maybe it's the way I may I am as a person, but if you're not first, you're last, Goss. And, and for me, there's still that piece that out now I've got to regroup and push again and go for that go for that gold medal. And I know that that's 
it's very soon straight after. But for me, it's just a matter of like that's that's kind of how I am. But I also know what's gone into that, and I know what that represents for me personally. That silver medal has had a lot, a lot of hardships and ups and downs, and a lot of doubters and people that uh, never thought I'd be in this position. So for me personally. I'll I'll sit back and go. It's almost like a big middle finger to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent it is. Now, just really, you didn't get picked in the initial squad, which floored me. Then you get picked. They add a couple on. You rejoin the group. You have a significant part of the success of the team, albeit you don't get that gold medal. But you know, we've talked about the journey that you've been on. You talked about the concussion, not being picked, coming in late, whatever it may be. Was that? Not ideal. It was any of that ideal, or did you always, at some stage in the back of your mind, think you were going to be there anyway? I almost think, I almost think uh, it had to play out like that. Just the way my career has over the last thirty years, it's almost like I was meant to be in that position. I was meant to be knocked back, and then you know, just had to prove again why I should be in this team. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit of a weird circumstances, but. The way it's played out, I, I think it was almost meant to be for for me and my journey. Um, and now, now I look back and I wouldn't change it. I mean, I still have that chip on my shoulder, and I'll forever have that chip on my shoulder. Uh, and I think having that chip on my shoulder allows me to express myself and be me. Yeah. And as long as I can, you know, as long as me being me, which I hope is the case, especially for my teammates, um, makes them walk taller when they're with me and inspire them, then. You know, I'll, I'll continue to champion, you know, the way I go about it. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a very, very weird uh, turn of events and, you know, a lot of emotion in it. Um, but just being able to bottle that up and channel it the right way, I think, is probably what, you know, was able to help me perform. So, TJ, talk us through your timeline of selection, when you got selected, how you were with the team, and did you fly out with the team? Yeah, I did. So essentially selection came out and the way it's always been was 16 yep. uh, players. So it's a 16-man team yep. um, for the Olympics and it's only the Olympics. Um, but due to, uh, you know, I think the IOC and the Tokyo government, I'm assuming, wanting to make it as safe as possible um, with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, um, they decided to bring in two extra players. Instead of them being reserves, they came in as essentially like an 18-man squad. Yep. And you could pick you could pick a 16-man team from that 18. Um, so then I suppose it comes down to who's performing and what the team what what your team needs uh, versus whatever team you're playing on the day. So um, you know, I essentially worked my way back into proving that you know I was in that 16, but. Yeah, I travelled with the boys. I was with them in Darwin in the lead up. The whole way through, I was I was training with them, um, knowing I was a reserve. Now, how is lockdown coping? What do you need? Do you need some, you know? Do you, do you need food? Do you need love? What do you need? What do you need over there in uh, in the city? In the city, <laughs> I, I can almost see the hotel from here. I got I got the push bike brought in, so that's good. Um, it's I'm just using it as a bit of pre-season for cycling season now, so I can't <laughs> wait to get out on the road again. Yep. Um, so yeah, put, pushing the pedals, a little bit of reading, uh, fair bit of social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I got a, I got a nice little window that I can sit out here and look at people and 
that's been pretty much my day. First three days have been all right, to be honest. Um, oh, I, I must add a few beers in it as well. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go down that line, to be brutally honest with you. Hey, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Say nothing. Well done. Congratulations. I know you don't want the congratulations. You want a gold medal. But, mate, hats off. Hats off for getting there. Hats off for your focus. Hats off for, for the whole spirit that you play the game in. Congratulations. And one day when you open that box and it's got a silver medal from the Tokyo Games, the strangest games of all, you're a part of it and you weren't beaten by anybody. You were beaten by the number one nation, one of the number one nations in in hockey. It was uh, no mean feat and it was a cruel, bitter pill to swallow the way it was done. At the end of the day, mate, Paris is only three years away. Thanks, Goss. And uh, I appreciate all the support. Um, Always. Must say, especially the hockey community, um, the way that they got around us and you know, everyone coming out of the woodworks to, to get around this team. Um, I'm glad that for the for the hockey uh, supporters and, and especially, you know, all of us as uh, hockey fans, um, I hope we did everyone proud and, and, you know, hopefully it puts a few more bums in seats it and will. get around this great game. Yeah, it will. Well played, you. TJ Wickham joining us on Sporting Goss. Listen to this. Olympic silver medalist scored in the final. This is the Sporting Goss. And here they come, the Kookaburras. Ogilvy working hard, still going to Lewski. Ricochets up and it's forced in. Australia's equalised. Wickham's done it. What a competition he's had, Tom Wickham. It's 1-1 in the gold medal match in Tokyo. 26 away from 11 o'clock. It is currently 16.2 degrees in Perth. Hello, wherever you're listening to our show. And... Well, judging by the reaction to our Goss Lotto Syndicate for tonight's $80 million draw, there's plenty of you out and about. Let's do it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is tell us where you are listening to the show and, uh, well, Oh, your name. That helps also. Steve McMeekin, Bunbury. Shane from Harvey. Dan from Joondalup. Get well, Dan. Scotty McFarlane, listening on the app. Torquay in Victoria. Bletchy, Troy Bletchenden down in Bunbury. The Mower Man. The Mower Man to the Stars is listening in Ned Lands. Mickey Clark from Bunbury. Richard from Eton. Mark from Busso. Vince from Bunbury. Nick Daniel from Bunbury. Brad from Geraldton. Ferrets in City Beach. Robert is in Eton. Floyd Sullivan driving through Eniaba. Well, he's a passenger. Helen from Glen Iris. Beck is in Duncraig. Damien's in South Guildford. Paul's in Esperance. And Trav, you are in Aveley. We have ten, nine, nine spots left. No, I was going to say ten. Only nine. 0487 736 736. Cost you nothing to enter. All you have to do is tell us who you are and where you're listening to Sporting Goss today on SENWA, and you are in tonight's $80 million draw. Now, this is a very different syndicate to that run on SEN Spirit by the lovely Nay Pierce, the Lucky Lotto Syndicate. This is ours in the big smoke, but we do include everyone from around Australia. 0487 736 736 costs you nothing to enter, simply a text to us right here. News through that the GWS Giants at one o'clock today, the appeal for Toby Green. How important is this? They take on Richmond and I think he's their best player. So uh, they would like to get him off at the tribunal for that elbow to the throat of Patrick Dangerfield. Also, Liam Duggan has ruled himself out. He definitely won't be playing in the Derby 
as well. Hello, you Goss Paul from Ridgewood listening while out on the road for work. Good on you, Paulie. Keep it coming. 0487 736 736. Eight spots left only. You could be part of the $80 million draw. David Teague. Well, the heat's certainly been on David Teague, the coach of Carlton. He's done his press conference and he's uh, mentioned Damien Hardwick and uh, and focusing on the group as well. Um, Shelby, you're in Bunbury. Link McDermott's in Beldivis. And the group from Perth in Lily, Paul, Jordan, Janie, Paige and Sarah, they're all one syndicate. They're the first reserves and first emergencies. <laughs> they're last in because they're trying to be sneaky and cheeky. Lily, Paul, Jordan, Janie, Paige and Sarah. As a combination, they are probably would be described as the king and queens of the freebies. Um, Peter Lawson of Donnybrook, Mark of Beldivis, hello to you. And they just keep on, yes, thank you. Keep the text coming. 0487 736 736. Here's David Teague speaking this morning. Uh, look, I'm coping okay. Uh, look, there's a fair bit going on. I'm super proud of uh, the way our uh, our coaching staff, football club, football administration side um, have uh, gelled together and, and, and keep turning up, bringing great energy. Um, the four walls in here is, is a really good place at the moment in terms of coming in to get your job done. Um, look, I was uh, the other night. I, I had a few. I've had a few other coaches reach out to me, and um, Damien Hardwick reached out to me, and he, he talked about Richmond's courage to to back him in um, when things weren't going. In 2016, he went through a similar thing, and to to stay strong. And um, yeah, look, it, it gives you confidence that um, I, I'm really hopeful that uh, that our club back me in and have the courage to stick to the course and and to to finish what we started because. Uh, I've said all along, I really believe in what we're doing. I believe in this playing group and where we're going. And, um, yeah, the reassurance to have someone like Dimo to reach out to to let you know and to understand what you're going through was was really nice and comforting. You think you've been given a fair run? Um, you've only been there, what, 48 games, David? Uh, oh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, look, I think the speculation around it all is, is probably been intensified. Um, in terms when I took over, I think we'd won four of 44. Now we're 21 of that 48. And in terms of progression, I, I think that's probably normal. Um, would we love to have won more? Yes. Would we love to have been a little bit more consistent with throughout games and in different areas? Yes, but it's it's a learning curve. It's a journey and and we're on that. And, and I, I've said all along, I'm really comfortable where it's going. Um, look, it's a challenging now to perform at your best. You need a, a, a psychologically safe environment. And right now, that's that's a challenge for us with everything going on. So um, I really commend all the, the players and staff, the way they keep fronting up and bringing great effort and, and turning up and, and trying their best in, in an environment which which is a bit challenging. But that's what the AFL throws at you and um, we'll keep turning up and, and focusing on what we can control and being our best. What do you think of the way the club's managed the review? There hasn't been a lot of public support for you while it's been happening in recent weeks, David? Um, yeah, look, uh, I have to admit, I, I, I try not to uh, to look at too much of the, the, the media side of things. So in terms of the support, um, yeah, I haven't tracked that as well as uh, the criticism. So um, in terms of what I can do, the support I've had from uh, particularly 
Brad Lloyd, um, from Andrew Russell, from Kane, uh, from all the assistant coaches and, and the players, I've had great support. So um, that's where I feel that uh, I'm confident in, in the group we've got and where we're going. And, and uh, I feel we've got each other's backs in here, inside these walls and that's what we've got to keep, keep doing. What would you need to do, David, to take the leap next year? What would I need to do? What does the footy team and the and you as a coach need to do? I mean, Dimmer reached out to you and lent support and they obviously bounced really quickly after the club backed him. What do you think the club and yourself would need to do to, to make a similar kind of leap? Oh, I think that's probably it, is the belief, instilling belief in each other and, and backing in what we've started and continuing. Um, we've made some steps. Oh, I feel like uh, we've really grown as a group. We've, uh, we've grown in certain areas. Uh, I think from a leadership point, you look at the Jacob Wiedering and, and Harry Mackay, Cripper, really growing in that area. I, I think they're going to take it, adding Adam Saad and, and Zach Williams, the synergy of those guys starting to play some good footy with, with our guys again. So I, I think that uh, we're sticking together, sticking to course. Um, we've got to tighten up our defence and, and, and our stoppage work. There's, there's no doubt about that, but... Um, I feel the work ethic and the way we go about it here, um, we'll be able to do that next year with a good preseason. Last one, thanks, guys. David, David, if, if at the board meeting tonight they decided that you're not the right man to take the club forward, would you want them to tell you before the game on the weekend, or would you prefer them wait till the end of the season? Um, oh, look, I'm, I'm committed to doing this season and next at the moment, so that's what I'll focus on. So. Um, oh, I don't think they're going to get the review tonight, so I dare say they'll uh, need a bit of time to ponder that. But I'm planning to coach out the season, and that's what I'll do, and I'll do that to the best of my ability and um, with the support of the guys around me. And, and uh, oh, like I said, I'm really confident in I'm the guy to take this club forward, and I believe in myself, and I believe in the people here. In the it's 14 to 11. Keep the calls coming. Julie from Pemberton, 0487 736 or Ray in Waruna, Rob Stephen from Collie Martin, who is on the road just crossing Alexander Bridge. Yeah, good on you, Ali. Uh, good on you, Martin. Uh, Cheech is in Averley. 0487-736-736 if you want to be part of the Goss Lotto Syndicate and be in the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Last chance. This is the last call because all the syndicate spots are up for grabs and gone. 0487-736-736. Your name and where you're listening, this is your last call for it. It closes at the top of the hour. And then we've got our syndicate for our Goss Lotto draw tonight. $80 million. This is separate to Nays on SEN Spirit Breakfast. This is right here, right now on the Sporting Goss. 0487-736-736. degrees. Let's talk netball. Let's turn our attention to netball and it is finals time in the Suncorp Super Netball and the West Coast Fever play the Sunshine Coast Lightning at one o'clock Perth time on the weekend. And we're talking about Saturday, of course, and a chance to face the loser of the Giants, Swifts. Looking forward to this. Stacey Marinkovic joins us. Stacey, you're in Queensland. Uh, how long have you been away and will you ever return to Perth? Uh, oh, I can't even tell you how long we've been away, but uh, eventually we'll get there. But I'm really hoping it's not this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Uh, how are the girls coping with uh, the way that it is away from home, jobs, family? I um, mean, I know you've been there, done that, and you, and you probably 
you know, your focus is not on all of those elements. But can you tell as a coach whether they're coping okay and have you come up with mechanisms to deal with it? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're. I think when it was so um, undecided as to what was happening with the competition and where we were going, whether we were staying, when there's that um, uh, unknown, that's probably the part where the the players are affected the most. Um, they're creatures of habit. They're they're elite in what they do and, and they like routine. So once it was decided that everything was to stay um, here in Brisbane, I think everything then started to, to relax because everyone could get their, their regime. They could talk to their uh, employers if they were still working back um, through Perth um, with their study. We could get our training schedule set. So once we were able to get the routine, uh, the girls certainly um, have been able to embrace, I guess, being here a, a lot better. Tough call to make, but it's a pretty and needs a, it's a pretty pointed question. Are you the best team in the competition? Oh, on on our day when we're performing, yeah, I do think we are. Um, uh, you know, the best comp- uh, best team in the competition. Um, but the, the the issue is you've got to bring your best to to be able to say that. And um, on the weekend, Giants were the the better team on the day. We we didn't hold up. Um, uh, as a team defensively as what we have done in, in previous weeks. So you've got to get both ends of the court firing and, and you've got to get that connection across the transverse line. So uh, it's something we've certainly looked at and, and you've got to be consistent um, because the top top four teams have all had a win against each other. So there's a, an underlying confidence that anyone can win on, on a given day. How quickly do you dust yourself off as a group? And and uh, you, we see AFL coaches and you hear Simpson and Longmuir and all the other coaches say, oh, well, we have a quick look at it, we dissect it, we move on. Now, do you bother with that or do you have to then say, okay, our focus now has to be on the lightning so all your reconnaissance and all your preparation is not so much about what has happened but what can happen? Yeah, and I think actually for us, when we play our best, it's when the emphasis is on us um, and how we want to execute our game plan. And, and we've backed it from the very beginning that it can come up against anyone and, and regardless of what they do out on court. So you have an awareness of what the opposition's doing, but we really want to get our head focused and, and making sure that we're um, attacking the game with the way we want to play it and see if we can get the game on our terms early. Um, and if we do that, uh, then I think the the result can take care of itself. Lightning aren't a huge scoring team. In fact, uh, if you have a look at it, they're probably, well, aside of the Thunderbirds and the Vixens who hold the, the two bottom spots, they're the, they're the least scoring team in the competition. But what do they do well? Yeah, I guess, you know, they are meticulous in how they attack. So they can hold possession for very long periods of time. So therefore the scoreboard's not necessarily ticking over as quick, but their control of the game is still there. And then from a defensive point of view, they're they're a team that can play a variety of different styles, but they like to to niggle and and they certainly have a presence out there. So we've we've got to be able to get our movement happening, keep the ball um, on the go and and make sure that we we keep a focus down to to Janil and the circle. No doubt. Okay, can we switch hats very briefly? And I know you probably don't want to talk too much about it, but let's go to let's go to the Diamonds. The squad's been announced. I tell you what, if you're not in the squad, you're unlucky. It's a big squad, and your development squad's a big squad. Um, uh, you must be very pleased with the. And what what is good, and I'm seeing some messages on social media, is the energy that the new players will bring to the whole training setup, the whole focus going forward. Um, you must be pleased with the reaction you've got to the freshness about the squad that you've named. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's a reward to those players that have really presented strongly in, in Suncourt Super Netball. And, um, you know, the players that, and the young ones that are coming in, whilst they are uh, the youth, they definitely have an opportunity to step out on court for the Diamonds. Once you get selected in that senior squad, um, it's recognised that you have the skill set and the ability to, to play the game um, against, you know, the, the world-leading countries. And, um, you know, for us, it's it might be a bigger squad, but we've also got some players, I guess, that have got a few injuries at the moment that we're we're helping support bringing them through. Uh, and you know, for the diamonds to perform, we've got to one ex get the execution on the court, but we've got to get the understanding and the connection. So for those players that aren't available to play straight up, um, their transition into the environment should be a lot smoother being around the the group and the girls. Uh, one one on a on a on a, uh, a lopsided front and, and one eyed front is Sunday Ariang had had a remarkable season, whether she plays or, look, or not a lot in this series or in the next series or two. Uh, the fact is that she'll be in that camp and, and alongside some of the more experienced players. It's going to be huge development for her going forward, and you've had a lot to do with that. She must be absolutely thrilled to have got that call. Yeah, she has had a great season. I guess that's the challenge of of any young athlete. Is last year she got a taste of what Suncourt Super Netball was about, but your second year in is is always the the tester. Uh, to you know, players have, have been able to scout you to see what you can do, and and she certainly continued to grow and and have you know great impact on getting balls throughout many different games and against you know some really leading international shooters. So. It's, it's great to see her take that step forward. Um, you know, she'll be well supported with Courtney amongst the group. So I guess there's a level of, of comfort that mm. she can go in understanding that what she does out on court does connect with an experienced player of the Diamonds. But also um, the challenge then is, is to make the connections work with the, the other players in the group. One name that jumps off the page in the Australian Diamonds squad, the Origin Australian Diamonds squad is... Ash Braz. I love Ash Braz. It hasn't been a great year for Collingwood, but um, if anyone could hold their head up and she just plays with so much passion and vigour and she really does epitomise what the Aussie spirit's all about. I love seeing her name still in that squad. Yeah, and, and for Braz, you know, she she brings leadership. Um, she she does exactly what you said, is she brings a, a level of passion and, and commitment to what she does when she's within a group. Uh, and, you know, she obviously still has a a great skill set to be able to come and pick off some spectacular ball, but also to be able to shut a player down. So really looking forward to seeing what she can do back in this environment and, um, you know, putting her best foot forward for, for selection. All the best this weekend. We'll be cheering loud and clear. Let's hope you can bounce back to form, keep the season alive. Good luck. Excellent. Thank you. Stacey Marinkovic, coach of the West Coast Fever and the Diamonds as well. Sporting Goss. Welcome back. News is next. After 11 o'clock, Lee Mayrick will be joining us. A long chat about a wonderful book. I want you to get out there and buy it. Lee Mayrick is a West Aussie. He's involved at the GWS Giants. He's head of media and communications. And he's got a book called Footy Banners. The full run through. It's well worth a read. It's well worth a purchase. We'll go through the final list of entrants also in the Goss Lotto Draw Syndicate. Syndicate is closed for tonight's $80 million draw. If you've texted, you're in. We'll get the full list out next. Sporting goals. Well, it's not often I get a freebie, but I did. It got delivered to our SEN studios here at Optus Stadium, and I'm delighted to say that when I opened it up, 
It beat me to the punch because I was off to the shop to buy it. Footy Banners, a complete run-through by Lee Mayrick and Matty Haggis, of course. Now, let me tell you, this is an absolute gem of a book. It's, of course... The wonderful Simon and Schuster. It is uh, published by Simon and Schuster and available in most bookshops. Good ones and bad ones for thirty bucks. And we've been joined by Lee Mayrick, West Aussie boy, who's uh, well, has carved out a wonderful career in football, working with the GWS Giants. But in particular, this is a piece of absolute reading necessity. Hey, Lee, congratulations on the book, mate. You must be very proud of the end result. Oh, gosh, thanks for that. Yeah, we are really proud, and I think I might need to take you on a national tour if you can pump us up and the book up like that. I uh, I reckon I could use someone like you. Uh, well, I don't think you need to, mate. I think just people need to go to a bookshop and get it. It's uh, the foreword written by a good mate of mine, Jared Whateley, as I continue to name drop, but just the presentation of it, mate. I mean, it's as simple as you'll see, the pictures, the stories, and the ground that you cover inside such a delicate little coffee table book, it's not this big, heavy, uh, space-consuming book. It's a wonderful piece of 157, 158 pages, small in size, but delivers such a grunt, wonderful message. Compact is the way we like to look yes. at it and economical. Uh, <laughs> without getting too deep into it, uh, yeah, look, we wanted it to be at a price point that was really um, something that the everyday person could just you know, go out and get and it's the perfect gift, really. You know, Father's Day coming up and those kind of things. So, as you said, under 30 bucks and, and uh, you know, think of it like a Peter Bell or something. It's small in stature but has plenty in there and, <laughs> and we feel like um, we've managed to, to cover plenty of ground. And, and the other thing is banners just, just make for this kind of content. It is all about um, stories and, um, you know, there's these photos that capture the moment so beautifully. So... Yeah, we, we put our heads together and have come up with something that we're pretty happy with. So uh, my first banner recollection was actually the 1973, now this will warm your heart because you know where this is going, the 1973 mm. Waffle Grand Final. Now, if you went into the old club rooms at Subi, you saw the then captain coach Ross Smith, who happened to play in St Kilda's only premiership in 66, and he was running through, and it was nothing more than a doorway, and it just had streamers, Morona Gold streamers, and there he was busting through. And I remember that. It was on display inside the Subi Club rooms for a long, long time. I'm sure it still exists somewhere. But I tell you what, it's been done the full circle, hasn't it, since? I mean, we've got anchors and all sorts of things, and we've got the Eagles beak and, and sort of uh, at the moment we've got animated uh, banners, which we, they aren't actually in existence because there's no cheer squads and no crowds. Um, it's It's got the full gamut. Yeah, it has, and it started as such a, a simple thing with um, the fans just wanting to connect with their heroes, and it started as simply streamers hung over the end of the race, and and then we just saw it grow and develop over the decades. You know, images like the Ross Smith one you refer to in the 70s, they just moved off the, the end of the race out to the boundary line and was really about that crescendo as the players enter the field. And then from there, they got bigger and bigger. Um, some of the VFL clubs went so big that the VFL as the, the legal authority had to step in and um, make some rules just because they were becoming a bit of a health and safety issue. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing we love about these banners is just that they go in all different directions. You know, there's the funny banners that everyone remembers, but <laughs> there's been the tributes, um, you know, there's been ones that really, you know, um, you know, probably push the edge of what's acceptable. Mm. Um, you know, take Fitzroy, for instance, before they exited the national comp. Uh, 
they were doing some really risque things. So, um, and as you say, um, you know, take West Coast for instance. I think they actually left the the polls for their banner at Subiaco Oval, and they never actually made the trip to Optus. So. <laughs> It's, it's a funny world. <laughs> very, very true. And thank you. I've now received the Ross Smith uh, running through the banner. I, it's just, the, the memories are amazing. The big lion right there with the word lions. It was going through with the SFC on the front. Lee Mayrick is our guest. We're talking footy banners, a complete run through. I like you've got people behind the banners. Every club has got one, the head of the cheer squad or head of the banner making squad. Um, and for the, the connection to, as you talk about, the connection to their stars this is their world. This is how they plan their world. And we know that Daniel Williams probably made his name, unfortunately, for that time that he, uh, him and Michael O'Loughlin came face to face, Big Dan, but still incredibly passionate, incredibly passionate. And we know that, you know, I'm, I'm reading all the other ones about Darren Chinnery says the Fremantle Cheer Squad is my world. Mm. Yeah, you're spot on. And it's that connection between um, the the community, their, their cheer squads and their heroes that, that we fell in love with um, and really found out more about. Um, Matt, my co-author, spent countless hours speaking to these cheer squad members, getting their stories, getting to understand what makes them tick. And it's that sense of community. I don't, I don't mean to get all warm and fuzzy, but you know, in, in, uh, in the world we're in at the moment where people are struggling with various um, you know, mental conditions and, and uh, it's, it's a really tough world at the moment. These communities, these people from different walks of life come together for this shared cause and, and spend hours during the week putting the banners together. They, you know, are there on game day um, to, to do their bit for the team. A lot of them were probably footy fans that one day, you know, dreamt of running through a banner but haven't been able to do that at the elite level. So they've poured hours and, and years of their life into supporting in, in any way they can. I know this is not the ideal question for a man that's just uh, penned a beautiful book. Footy Banners, a complete run-through it is, and you can get it from all good bookshops, Simon & Schuster Australia, the, the publishing company of this. Lee Mayrick is our guest. Um, is the banner dead because of what we've experienced, or do you think it will be reignited once life gets back to some normality? I honestly think it will be reignited, and it did make a brief return early this year. Um, so the background for everyone's benefit is last year when uh, the season was tipped on its head, the AFL put in a range of measures to ensure the safety of all the players and staff and keep the season going. And they said, no, nah, the banners is one thing that has to go because we just, you know, there's no activations on the ground, no, no was kick at halftime, all that stuff's got to go. So we saw some of that come back at the start of this year. Obviously, the East Coast has been hit with... Um, you know, this Delta strain, which has slowed things up again. But I honestly think it's one of the traditions that the AFL sees and appreciates. They, they are very mindful that they want these small intricacies and uh, the unique nature of our game to continue. And our game is evolving. And, you know, we're seeing that the, you know, the women's game is going from strength to strength. The, the, um, the AFLW competition has mm. their own take on banners. And I just think personally, it's going to be something that will continue. And, they're different to what they have been in years gone by. They're probably a bit more environmentally friendly, thankfully. But, yeah, I think it is something that hopefully we'll continue to see for, for another, uh, you know, 80 years. 
Very true. Uh, Lee Marrick, our guest. Footy Banners, a complete run-through, is the book we're talking about, and you can get it, and it's perfect timing for uh, all footy fans. And it's a cr- whole cross-section of all grassroots footy, women's footy, in particular the VFL days, the AFL days. I, I do remember the time that Nathan Buckley consoled the Collingwood Cheer Squad when it absolutely tore to shreds. And, I mean, there's Buckley in grand final mode, but he just said, don't worry about it. It's all good. You know, you've done great and stuff. You know, stop crying. Get on with it. Um, we've got a game to, to, to win. I mean, that for me was – uh, well, that was real. I mean, that was real from an AFL coach to a, a mad, passionate Pies fan. Yeah, and a lot of your audience will remember that clearly because West Coast were the other team running out there at the time. And oh. it was just one of those, uh, you know, freak of nature moments where a gust of wind just tore through the MCG at the wrong time and ripped this banner to shreds. And yeah, as you said, um, Vula is the lady's name that the, you know, that the cameras um, caught so visibly upset. And Nathan just went over and consoled her. And, you know, I think it was a real pivotal turning point for Bucks. You know, he was always seen as this guy that was just game face on, win at all costs. But he showed this human side. And that went on to, you know, really uh, reflect where he was at in his coaching career. For him to be able to take a moment for the fans who had poured their, um, you know, their hard-earned hours of their life into it. You know, for him to be able to console them and show the human side is a beautiful moment that we've, uh, you know, included in the book alongside a lot of those other human interest uh, pieces. Yeah, very much so. That's his smack in the middle, uh, of course, under the the chapter, Banner Fails. Um, Since you've brought out the book and people have realised the book is out, and I know it is selling fantastically so, are you getting a lot of people going, what about this banner? What about that banner? And is there a chance that... Yeah, I, I, am, I can absolutely guarantee you, a lot of stuff found itself onto the cutting room floor. Is there planning? I know you're just getting through this first one and this one's selling like hotcakes, but are you looking at a part two because of, of so much interest from people saying, oh, you missed this one or I missed the boat or I've got a photo of that one or I was involved in that one? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Goss. You know, this, this Ross Smith photo we're talking about, for instance, it didn't make the book, but it's a cracking photo. It's a you know, great we, photo. We include a photo of Jack Sheedy, um, you know, yep. from his East birthdays. We could easily include one from all the Waffle Club. Um, you don't want to go down the, the 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 path that I guess a lot of movies have, though, where you go, oh yeah, we've got a bit of stuff left over. Let, <laughs> let's go again, and it just doesn't end up being the same. No, so, true, true. I, I, I don't think we will at this stage, but we have got a. Uh, Instagram account that we are trying to push out some of this extra stuff because yeah there has been a few people that had sent things through in the lead up to the book and and now saying oh hang on I sent you this from the North Adelaide Roosters or whatever uh, <laughs> why didn't it make the book and yeah. it's like well like you know unfortunately we've got you know limited size and space and we think we've we've done the best we can to to include it all and and we also want to include bits on the community footy club yeah. which um you know, it's something I love. It's not just about the elite level anymore. There's these community clubs that, um, you know, embrace the banners in all different corners of the country. And, you know, things like the Durian Bay um, Club up there in, in um, you know, the, the Central Midlands comp, I think it's called. Um, you know, they, they've been, um, they've won 18 of the last 22 premierships. I want to make sure that guys like that were included and not just the elite level. Oh, Savanti's, sorry, geez, they're going to kill me. I referred to him as Durian Bay. It's just Savanti's <laughs> Tiger Shark. Oh, oh, no. I'm going to get angry phone calls. They do this. get angry. They do get angry. Mark McCrae will be on the phone. Quick sticks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
Exactly. Uh, may I just uh, finish up by saying you've got the podcast as well. If anyone's looking to have a listen, there's the tie-in podcast, the Footy Banners podcast, where you and Maddie uh, go through all of this. Um, and just in, in in a summary, mate, I know you work as the head of media and communications with GWS Giants. Uh, the boys just produced, and I know you're in lockdown in Sydney and are not with them, but I'm sure the feedback from their unbelievable win against Geelong, the news of Josh Kelly, you've got Toby Green this afternoon going to the tribunal. It's all happening. Leon Cameron has just coached beyond his years. I know he's been around a while now, but for a man that was under the blowtorch for a little while, you must be incredibly pleased to see how this this mob of boys, and that's predominantly what they are, a mob of boys, are against the odds doing what they're doing. You must be, be incredibly proud to be a part of that group. Yeah, it's a great club to be a part of and fortunate enough to have been part of uh, the journey since, uh, you know, almost since day one. I, I started working at the Giants in 2013, so come a long way. And I think it's great that you mentioned Leon Cameron there. For years, um, if the team lost, it was Leon's fault. And if the team won, it was because we were just this talented list of players. And I think slowly the dials turned and the conversations changed. You know, geez, this bloke can actually coach and um, can pull some fantastic results and some tactics out of the bag as we all saw on Friday night that was an incredible victory against Geelong there was there was no reason why the Giants should have won that game but thankfully they did and yeah a huge couple of days coming up hopefully Toby Green gets off and then uh, obviously a a pretty much a do or die finals like game against Richmond Friday night so yeah it's a it's a big and exciting time to be involved in footy in Western Sydney. Yeah, you're a busy man and I appreciate you taking time out to discuss this wonderful book. Everyone should know about it. Footy Banners, a complete run through. It celebrates one of the AFL's most iconic traditions. Greatly presented, beautiful sized, very cost effective. Can't wait for people to get hold of it at any good bookshop. Thanks for joining us, uh, Lee. You're a good man and all the very best with the book. Good luck with the GWS Giants and stay safe over there in lockdown. Really appreciate your support. Thanks, Scott. Lee Mayrick, there it is. It's an absolute ripper. Uh, I'll put it out there on my socials and on our SEN socials. Get amongst it. It is a great read, beautifully presented, and as I said, really good for every footy fan right across the country. Uh, it's time to talk motorsport with our man Tom Randall, Tickford Racing's young gun. And as we welcome him to the show on this Thursday, Tommy, you're in the hot seat. You're driving this weekend. Woo! <laughs> How you going, guys? Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's a tough, tough week for Victoria. We've uh, unfortunately extended another lockdown, so... What do you do, Goss? What do you do? <laughs> you just be uh, patient. You just be patient <laughs> and you try and recruit Mark McGowan as your premier. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should uh, relocate to Perth yeah. one of these days. What do you reckon? I think, yeah. Look, our, our thoughts are with you in there in, in Victoria. I've got friends and family over there. Also those in Sydney who are in hardcore lockdown and well, unfortunately, they looked a gift horse in the mouth and it uh, blew up in their face a little bit. So, uh, look, we hope you, you can get through. Just tell us about, about your third appearance at Phillip Island Super Sprint. When does that take place? And you're driving the 55 Castrol Racing Ford Mustang in a wild card entry. How did that all play out? Look, I, I can't wait. It's, it's going to be fantastic. It is a shame that our third round got cancelled. It was going to be at Perth, actually, at the, for the Super Night, which was going to be an incredible event. But... Yeah, just due to what we just mentioned, uh, we, we can't make it over there. So they've had to tweak the calendar for the championship and everything's been delayed significantly. And 
One of those changes has been the addition of the Phillip Island Super Sprint. And they've announced that the wildcards will be joining the main championship. So really stoked for, for all our partners and for myself that we get to be racing there and it's going to be the round leading up to Bathurst. So pretty much the perfect opportunity to just get that extra bit of seat mileage and racecraft leading into our greatest race of the year. Yeah, I did say this weekend, but that was only because I was incredibly excited. Um, just tell us a bit about uh, what do you have to do in the interim? I mean, how do you get in the seat? And none of the restrictions are under, but it is your workplace. So how do you get miles in the car or do you sit in one of those, what are those things, one of those pretend ones? What, what are they <laughs> called? Are you sitting in the simulator? Yeah, I definitely sit in the simulator. I've actually, I run my own simulator business in Melbourne, but Supercars also have their cash converters uh, A-series, which is starting in two weeks. So I'll be looking forward to getting in amongst that and do some virtual racing. That's but, not yeah, we, work, we Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> hey, that's Tommy. work. That's I, not, you, it might be, a big Tom, sweater, Tommy, right? it's not work. It's fun. Fun. It's fun. We take it pretty seriously, <laughs> but we, yeah, we can't we can't go and test. So that's that's all we can do. All right, let's nothing. get let's get our teeth. We're, well done on that. Anyway, looking forward to it. And yeah, we'll uh, be holding up the banner for when you get out there. Of course, uh, the Victorian Circuit will host its first ever since 2019 the Bunnings Trade Island uh, Super Sprint across October 23, 24. So that's the one you're gearing up for the 23, 24 October. Yeah, can't wait. So I wish it was this weekend, guys. Yeah, me too. Definitely wish it was, but uh, it'll be worth the wait for sure. All righty. The hungry pile-up. Uh, chaos, wasn't it? Absolute chaos in the F1. Oh, I think uh, – I'm not sure whether Toto would want to get rid of Bottas now or want to retain him because he, he managed to wipe out both the Red Bulls. So <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be pretty happy. That's I, a done deal, isn't it? That's doors. a done deal. He, he's, he's going – George Russell's definitely going – to be uh, Lewis's uh, offsider and play his role. And when Lewis goes, you can almost just see it unfolding. Bottas has still got something to offer, but you'd think he might even go straight into a Raikkonen car or switch, switch straight back and, and go to Williams, uh, of course, the, sort of the understudies. I mean, you can, all, you can see it. It depends on how much Bottas wants to keep fighting for it. I think Toto would be looking at the future and, and certainly George Russell has everything, really. I mean... He, he even did the, the 2022 tyre test only a couple of days after with the team and he, he did that one-off appearance with them and he he was putting it up against Bottas. I think he was leading the race last year back in at, at Bahrain. So certainly it would be unsurprising to all of us, Goss, when, when they announce it. I think that's the case. So it'd be interesting to see where Bottas lands, but I'm 99% sure that it'll be George Russell in that seat for 2022. No doubt. Now, a former F1, I think it's the former F1 man, I'm talking about Marcus Ericsson. He uh, he won the Nashville IndyCar race. Is that the same cat? It is the same cat. Yeah, that's his second win of the year. And and for those that might have missed it, he was airborne about six laps into the race after going over the back of Sebastian Bourdais. And we all thought, nah, he's, he's done. He had to pit for a new front wing. Then he got a drive-through penalty for causing the collision. And we thought there's no chance. And he ended up winning the damn race. So <laughs> just shows that persistence pays off. And the race was went for over three hours. There was multiple cautions, a red red flag period. And 
and it, it pretty much had everything in it. So it was was certainly impressive to see that he somehow managed to win the race. Yeah, it wasn't great for Will Power and Scotty McLaughlin. Indy Par, uh, Indy Car, of course, the doubleheader Indianapolis. Uh, it's the it's the it's the or how do they describe what's a, what's a road course? Explain that to us. So, at, well, the road course is like for, for whatever we do here in Australia. We've got Bathurst. Phillip Island, they're all road courses. You've got braking zones, left and right-hand corners, essentially. And then you've got the oval courses, which are just the, the big banks gotcha. ovals. And you go either all the way in uh, in one way in anti-clockwise or clockwise. So, yeah, this weekend, like you said, Goss, is the doubleheader for the NASCAR Cup Series and Xfinity Series and also IndyCar. So I think McLaughlin will be looking to yeah get on top of some you know, displeasing results, but the last few have sort of been out of, out of his control. I mean, Will Power actually came together with, with Scotty on the weekend, so a bit of a shame for him. And, and you know, he's, he's shown that he's had top 10 pace, but he just needs to try and get the, the race results now, which he knows how to do. So looking forward to seeing him go well this weekend. Talking with Tommy Randall in our motorsport segment, of course, uh, Tickford Racing's Tom Randall, of course. Now, just in regards to the MotoGP, I tuned in the other day. There was no, no Formula One, so I, I tuned, in, tuned into that. That was absolutely madness. Uh, our man, Jack Miller, slow to start in the first race. In the second one, he got off the grid beautifully, had the lead early, but he is a dead set wet weather uh, rider. He just loves it when it's wet. Um and he also was pretty unlucky. He was riding well at the time that he come, he copped a tumble late. Yeah, and it just goes to show how hard these guys are pushing. I mean, it, there's there's a balance, isn't there, really, between how hard you push and then how much you try and save the tyres. Because we saw in the Moto Two, Remy Gardner put it on pole, and he was he was out in front, had a really good start, and then you know, the tyre. I don't know if he just didn't manage the tyres enough, but certainly dropped off. And then he made that error into turn three, which he was actually quite lucky not to come off the bike so managed to still record I think it was a fourth place finish but they're back again this weekend at the Red Bull Ring so this is their the second round there in a row so I think they're both both the Aussies are, are going to look to try and change their fortunes but you know Miller's been quick yep. and that's no denying no denying that fact and he certainly is as you said he's a he's a master in the wet so maybe he's wishing for a bit of wet weather uh, either way yeah he, he just needs to, to get a few more results on the board and I mean the championship's looking pretty good for Quattararo at the moment. And then, you know, we can see one Mears doing well and, and Jorge Martin on that Premac Ducati able to win on the weekend. So it just goes to show that that Premac is, is putting it up against the factory Ducatis at the moment. All righty. Just a, a couple of quick ones before you go. Tell us a bit about the dashboard warnings. It has updated its dashboard warnings and, and some good news also that uh, the motorsport and the MotoGP, uh, we're going to still be able to see it if you've got pay TV and Foxtel. Well, that's fantastic that Foxtel has extended that for, for five years. I mean, it, it's just great that you can view every practice qualifying and race uh, with no, no interruptions, no ad breaks. That's kind of what every motorsport nuts dream is when you can't go there. And the, the dashboard warning system, I think, is a really good idea because the riders don't have direct communication with the, with the crew. It's just what they see on the pit boards as they drive past, but now they can get warnings. If How do they example, actually saw... read those pit boards? They're going, they're, they're going 300 k's an hour. How do you actually see it and know that that's yours? <laughs> well, you normally practice. In the practice sessions, you, you get them to wave it out. You have it like a distinct, maybe it's got your nationality or your sure. name or something like that. We, we saw Ricardo. Played around with Lando Norris <laughs> with the the 15 second penalty <laughs> on their practice day, so I'm sure Norris saw that pit board. But 
yeah, the, the warning system would be good because it'll just let the drivers know for something, you know, extraordinary or, or something that they might need information on directly that'll, that could impact the result of the race. So, yeah, we've actually got in-car warning systems in our supercars, which show yellow flags, uh, double wave yellow, safety car and red flag periods. And that's something that's been really good, especially at Bathurst, because there's quite a lot of blind corners over the top. And that's been a really good safety feature that was introduced a couple of years ago. All righty. So you're driving the number 55 Castrol Racing Ford Mustang as a wildcard entry in October at Phillip Island as that wildcard at the, in the super sprint. Just when you're up on the dais, right, and when you're up on the dais, don't forget us here at the Sporting Goss and SEN, okay? Just remember who was with you when it all started on this journey that we were your – we were waving the flags for you, mate, and we'll be there. And, uh, you know, when you're national anthem and you're spraying the champagne, just think of the Sporting Goss. Well, look, I was thinking, even if there was a, a conflict or a clash, I, I'd say just just call me while I'm on the track and we'll, we'll do a segment live. Woo-hoo! I think you know, that way <laughs> there's no issues, guys. Uh, you're a good man, Tommy Randall. Yeah. Hey, well done. Congratulations on that. Thanks for the chat and uh, stay safe over there in lockdown, mate. Everything will be okay. Patience. Yeah, no worries. And, yes, yeah, stay safe, everyone. And uh, we're all in this together. Absolutely. Tommy Randall talking all things motorsport. He's a gun. Tickford Racing. Thanks, April. 26 away from 12, Sporting Goss, until 12 o'clock. Retirements, delistings and trades, an updated list for you. Adelaide have delisted Lynch and Daniel Talia today, two-time All-Australian, 200-gamer. Hasn't played much in recent times, but he's done. Tyson Stengel has retired. Mark Murphy's announced his retirement. Carlton, Levi Greenwood, Chris Mayne have retired from Collingwood. Patrick Ambrose has just announced his retirement from Essendon. Stephen Hill has retired from Fremantle. Lino Thomas was delisted last two weeks ago. Hawthorne's Jonathan Patton retired. Tom Cully, uh, Tom Scully retired. Tom Rockcliffe retired. Dylan Robertson, of course, from St Kilda retired. Daniel Venables retired. And Lin Jong has also retired. Big game, isn't it? A massive game for Fremantle and West Coast. If West Coast win, they certainly put themselves in the box seat to retain a spot in the finals whatever that's worth, to be really honest. Fremantle, well, they're up against it. They've got a number of stars missing, including Andrew Brayshaw. Justin Longmuir did his press conference earlier today. Adam Simpson does his later this afternoon. Here's J-Lo, the coach of the Dockers. Uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to the RAC um, Derby. Uh, it's a big game um, for all our fans. It's big. Uh, you know, it's obviously our home game. So uh, <clears throat> really, we've just spoken about getting back to playing our footy and I think um, the contrast between the Richmond game and the Brisbane game was quite stark and um, we want to try and recapture some of that rich uh, some of the form against Richmond Um, so yeah we've tried to hone in on a few areas this week um, that allow us to do that. What was it that changed from those two games? I thought the basis of our contest and and pressure uh, fell away Uh, and um, you know uh, Brisbane are a really mature side and I felt like um, once we missed one tackle, it, we just allowed them on the outside and um, we weren't able to stop them from there. So um, it's been a bit of an issue for us all year, our tackling. Um, yeah, we need to keep continuing to improve on that. Um, and we just got scored against far too easily, especially in our back half. Um, you know, they, they scored um, you know, nearly 70 points from stoppage, which you know, is by far our worst effort of the year. Yeah, we're looking at all aspects of our tackling. Um, you know, our, our pressure in our front half versus what it 
teams bring in our back up, back 50 um, is, is, is stark. So we need to set the ground up to allow our forwards to pressure more. Um, you know, some of it's personnel, personnel and um, age of our group. Well, we're missing some you know, easy tackles um, where it's just a strength, the strength battle. So um, we need to you know, make sure we um, get our young players in the gym um, and tackling with the right um, intent. And um, we continue to look at the way we play. Um, we haven't played in um, high pressure games, so to speak. Um, and you know, on the flip side, we force the opposition to miss a lot of tackles as well when we're playing well. So, um, you know, as much as people look at tackling numbers and think it's one thing, it's a lot goes into it. So we'll continue to do, um, yeah, continue to improve in all those areas. In terms of preparing for an opponent, are the Eagles any less imposing than they have been the last two or three years? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, you, know, you only have to look at our derby record to um, to understand the respect they need to be given. And um, you know, even though they've had some ups and downs this year, their their good footy is really good. So we always look at opposition's best um, and prepare for that. Um, yeah, so you, know, you just have to look at the names they've got on on the paper. So um, yeah, we will prepare for them at their best. Oh, it's something we definitely looked at. It's just um, you know there wasn't really grounds in the rules to. Uh, challenge it and or appeal it. So um, once the the lawyers say there's no real grounds, you just got to cop the penalty on the chin and move on. Uh, no, we haven't had selection yet. Um, there will be a number of players come into the mix. Um, you know, Switters, Sam Swiskowski's um, back from injury, Banfield's back from injury. Um, we ob obviously have to replace Wilson as well. So yeah, selection might be a bit trickier this week. Justin Longmuir, coach of the Dockers. Some other news, of course, at one o'clock today, Toby Green goes up. He's appealing the one-game suspension handed down by the tribunal, the match review officer, of course, for his high hit on um, Patrick Dangerfield. Now, the NAB AFLW competition is going to be in its hole from 2022 to 2023. It means all 18 clubs will now be in the AFLW began as an 18 comp in 2017. Port Adelaide and Sydney not previously applied for a licence. Essendon and Hawthorne first submitted applications actually in the 2019 intake. So probably good for them that they avoided the COVID hardcore year. So 2022, 2023, it will be Essendon, Hawthorne, Port and Sydney and a full 18-team AFLW competition. Get your pen and paper ready because Riley Morgan will be joining us next Always gamble responsibly. The Northern races are off today due to the track. The races, Broom Cup Day on Saturday, going to be huge. And across at Belmont Park, there is a meeting. And Riley, who's a rare, rare specimen, he gets in early, he gets the good juicy odds. And if you listen now, you might be able to get a winner or three a couple of days out from the meeting at Belmont Park. Pen and paper at the ready. Life of Riley next. This is Sporting Goss. Ah, yes, it's Life of Riley time as we try and dissect a winner or three for the races, the main meeting. Well, we think it's the main meeting. It's the main meeting down in Perth, of course. We're talking about Belmont Saturday. We've got Broom on the weekend as well, Big Broom Cup Day. And I'm sure 
Riley Morgan, who is our racing expert. Have you done the Broom Cup before? I have not. I have not, but it's definitely one for the bucket list, mate, for sure. It looks beautiful up there. It certainly does. All right. You have had a couple of weeks off to recharge the batteries because of the Olympics. And, well, you were keen on a couple at Northern today, but we've been greeted with the news this morning. Northern off because of the state of the track and the weather. Yeah, which is uh, which is a bit of a shame, but that's obviously the uh, steward's call. So we'll... Uh, We'll move on and straight into Saturday. We certainly will. You've got a couple for us, of course. Uh, races four, five, and seven we're focusing on. That's where you've seemed to have pulled out the winner or three to follow this. And, well, they're not huge fields, so we can off- ill afford to have a few scratchings because uh, punters should be careful of the pay-no-third dividends. But uh, let's go to race four in the program. And you're like Noble Lawrence here for Dean Skipworth. Yeah, I do. I had a fair crack at sort of seeing if I could get him beat by anything in this field, but I just kept coming back to Noble Lawrence. I thought that last start win in a pretty strong three-year-old race was huge, given, given an absolute 10 out of 10 from Lucy Warwick. And the form from that race has proven to be super since with Rain of Fire and Jedi Mind, both very easy subsequent winners. Pycon's a huge tick. You can trust he's going to drop him out and find the right back to follow in the run take him into the race, and I think it's a case of the best horse in the race with the best jockey aboard. It's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, it certainly is. But if you were to um, have something on another one in the race, there was a trialer that you were pretty impressed with. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on Ukbar Ted, who's got absolutely no fresh form, no Belmont form, or no wet track form under his belt whatsoever. <laughs> his most recent trial, when half a length adrift of Indian Pacific, he had absolutely no right to get to as close to them as he did. He's motored home along the rail into second, running past a horse by the name of Samizdat, who was having his ears ridden off down the outside, also beating home horses the likes of Son of a God, Nerf Bosk, Malibu Style and Laverod. They're, they're, they're nice handy horses. So, all right, so we're going to... You're confident in Noble Lawrence and you think Ukbar Ted is worth a, a watch. Yeah, off the back of that piece of work, he might just be flying. And if he gets out to a really big price late, I'd be happy to have a few shekels on for sure. All righty. Let's turn our attention to race five on the program. What do you like here? Yeah, I'm with Strathmore Rose again. And although we didn't get the chocolates first up, I was absolutely stoked with the run. She absorbed a frantic tempo, loomed the winner at the 200 before just peaking on her run late. She probably just lacked a bit of conditioning, but when you factor in how quick they went out in front, the heavy 10 track, and the fact that she was fresh, all in all, it was a super effort. She gets a three-kilo swing on Blazing Billy here. We've taken plenty out of that fresh performance. Masterland leaders back and running, and when Olga Louisa gives her a traditional little kick once they turn, off, turn for home, it should give Maddie enough room to get out. And yeah, she just looks very hard to beat. She went up $6 this morning on Tab Touch, and I almost fell off my chair. Already $4.40, they tell me. Yes, yeah, so there's been uh, some ver- some very fast early shoppers. <laughs> and what about Olga Louisa? You mentioned it just there. Do you think it's something that people should keep an eye on? Yeah, it's probably the danger for me. She's going very well and should get a very soft lead r- railing out in front. Went around in a 72-plus last start and was only beaten just over a length in a race where the form stood up since. The wetter, the better for her, and she'll be hard to run down if she holds the form. Alrighty, last one that you're going to give us today with the life of Riley for Belmont Saturday. Turn our attention to race seven on the program. It's been a while between drinks for this horse that you've tipped. Yeah, I really like the chances of Crystal Spirit in this. His fresh run was super over the 1,000-metre scamper when closing powerfully from back in the field. I thought that run was made more meritorious by the fact that the race was dominated by those that were on speed. 
the rise to his pet trip of 1,200 here should suit down to the ground with the run under his belt. This looks another pretty moderate tempo at best, and he should be well-equipped with the turn of foot he possesses to be powering over the top of these late. I'm really keen and took $14 this morning when prices opened for the early shoppers, and he's still around that sort of double-figure quote, which makes him a very likeable commodity. Now, I know he had some, he's had some in, an injury-interrupted career, this horse, but if I stand corrected, hasn't won a race, has not won a race since September 2018. Saturday's the day, Goss. <laughs> Riley Morgan. So follow Riley, the life of Riley, race four. This is all Belmont. Noble Lawrence with a watch on Ukbar Ted. Race five at Strathmore Rose with a watch as the main danger, Olga Louise. Very confident. Race seven, big odds, nice odds, crystal spirit. Uh, Broom, have you looked at it? Do you care about it? Uh, I know you want to get there. Have you looked at anything up at Broom? And we farewell Peter Hall, who announces has announced that uh, the Cup will be his last ride. And, of course, he's made the Broom Cup and the sojourn to Broom his own over a long period of time. Yeah, it was a great career. It's good to see him. It'll be really good to see him go out on a positive note. But the dirt form is not for me, mate. <laughs> a wise man once said that. A wise man... A wise man once said to me, mate, that dirt tracks are where punters go to die. So I've, uh, I've stayed away, stayed well away from them so far. Uh, very cool. Well put. Life of Riley, we'll do it again next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. There's no firm word on this, but if I had to put my house on it right now, it's bye-bye to the pre-finals bye. The AFL's thoughts at the moment is let's keep rolling. If things open up, let's keep it going. So if the grand final's in Victoria, they are now looking at bringing the grand final forward that week, so there'll be no buys whatsoever. If the grand final goes interstate, then there could well be a buy between the preliminary final and the grand final, which will allow everyone to relocate, do all the quarantining that's required. And from there, that means that uh, there could be even a Sunday Brownlow medal. Have you been to Eddie's house? No. He'd have a nice place though in track though, wouldn't he? Yeah, it'd be beautiful. Oh, he's prepared to put his house on it. If he had to put his house on it right now. It's about 15, I reckon. 15? Big ones. I'd think. Wow. Um, So what he's saying there is that if the grand final's in Melbourne, which looks highly unlikely to me, I can't see a grand final being played in Melbourne. I might be wrong. But if it is, then they'll just charge straight through. Don't worry about stopping the competition. Just keep going. Right. Makes sense. That's you, right. You don't want to uh, risk another week if you can help it. If it goes to Perth, what's that noise? That's the drill upstairs. They're doing some construction work. Uh, if it goes over to Just Perth, talk over the top of it. Then suggesting maybe that that buy may then be instituted before the grand final. Yes. Um, to give teams a chance to get over there, isolate. You know, if right. In fact. But I, thought, I always it's, thought if the finals are on, you'd be over in Perth anyway. Yeah, I was thinking, and I think this is still a consideration. I'm sure that all things are still on the table. But I would think that uh, part of the consideration would be for everybody to end up over there in Perth and hub in Perth. You could almost play the first week of the finals, could you not? If you had to, you could play the first week of the finals, Gary. Let's just keep going. You could play the first week of the finals on a Thursday you know night. I get distracted. On a Saturday <laughs> night, on a Saturday, on a Friday night, yeah. Thursday, in Friday, Perth. Saturday, and Sunday, yeah. the first week of the finals. That's After right. that, there's only two games every weekend. That's right. It wouldn't be hard to do that. If, you, if all if you sides needed are to. in Perth. And yeah. then they're also saying, though, if it was West Coast v Sydney, for instance, this is what I understand came out of the meeting yesterday, that the clubs are all open to this. But if it's a West Coast are in the finals, then they ain't getting a home final. If Sydney are entitled to the home final, 
Sydney will play West Coast in Adelaide. In Adelaide. So they'd fly them back and they'd yeah. create which, this. Which is fair enough. They'd create the sterile corridor. Mm. <laughs> Gary and Tim with a drill upstairs with a bit of Eddie Maguire. That's on uh, Gary and Tim Breakfast Show on SEN Melbourne this morning. Isn't it amazing how all of a sudden the conversation about Perth possibly being a finals hub or the grand final destination is now on the agenda, holus bolus. We are clearly the place where it should be staged. The venue is as good as it's going to get. Um, and and uh, everyone thinks Mark McGowan's a good fella. And 12 months ago, <laughs> he was this, he was that, and he's created this and he's created that, and no one likes him, and he rules with an iron fist. It is amazing how the worm has turned the full Opposite direction. It's just, it is absolutely ludicrous. All righty, Goss Lotto. Show me the money. Easy money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. It does. Yes, it does. (laughs) Steve McMeekin, keep it going. Stephen Meekin from Bunbury. Shane from Harvey. Sick Dan from Joondalup. Scotty McFarlane from Torquay. Troy Bletchenden from Bunbury, listening on Spirit. Mower Man, the Mower Man to the Stars in the Western Suburbs, Netherlands. Mickey Clark from Bunners. Richard from Eton. Mark of Busso. Vince of Bunbury. Nick of Bunbury. Brad of Geraldton up there on the Crayfish Coast. Ferret, the plucker, up at City Beach. Bobby in Eton. Floyd, who was driving to Eniaba. He would have passed there by now. Helen from Glen Iris. Beck in Dunkraig, listening on the app. Damien from South Guildford on the app. Paul of Vestments. Trav and Averley. We don't have your mobile, Trav. We know who you are, and you'll get your piece of the pie if we win. Paul of Ridgewood, Link of Baldivis, Shelby's in Bunbury, a group of nomads from uh, Burswood, Roy from Temple Stoke, you know, Roy boy, Mark of Baldivis, Peter of Donnybrook, Julia Pemberton, Ray of Waruna, Rob of Collie, Martin of Bunbury, Cheech in Averley, Tony of Yelton, and Steve in Busso. You're all in the syndicate. Good luck. I'm going off to buy the ticket. If I'm not here tomorrow, that means we've won. And I'll be in Monaco. Easy money. Gillian Goss tomorrow morning from 6 o'clock. No idea what's on the show, but it'll be gold. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.